0: This is the show where Eskimos fans get all things green and gold from the man who calls the shots. We're just ready to lace it up and go out there and hit somebody and uh, play physical, disciplined football. This is where one empire
1: gets insight you can't get anywhere else. Is the Eskimos' coaches show with Jason Moss? Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Now with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, six thirty, Chad. Bowman, touchdown Eskimos! Adarius Bowman, you forgot about him? He's back. Touchdown for the Eskimos. They're down by two. They'll go for two on the convert. So with 36 seconds to go, the Eskimos going for a two-point convert to tie this football game up. There's the snap to Mike Riley. He looks and throws. Touchdown. Two-point convert's good. Brandon Zilster with the reception. It is 29-29. Riley Pros, he's got a man open. Corey Watson, can he get to the end zone? He does. Dives in, touchdown Eskimos. Corey Watson gives the Eskimos the lead. They'll now go for two and put the game in the hands of the defense. There's the football. Pressure's coming again. Jennings throws up into the air. Incomplete. Eskimos win it. Eskimos win it. That's three straight for the Eskimos. Uh, Crazy game tonight, man. Um, You know, didn't really know what kind of team we were going to get in BC coming out with their playoff hopes gone. Um, You know, no. It was just, it was a great team win. It was amazing the feeling on the sideline uh, in the fourth quarter being down by 16 with half a quarter to play and nobody panicking and everybody just saying, all right, man, we've been screwing around long enough. Let's go out there and do our job. So, uh, you know, I won't be forgetting this game anytime soon. What a night it was in Vancouver on Saturday for the Eskimos. Down by 16 with six minutes to go. Two touchdowns, two two two-point converts, forcing overtime. Then they win it 35-29. Welcome to the show, everybody and we say good evening to Eskimos head coach Jason Moss. How are you, Jason? Doing great, thanks. Uh, first off, I want to start at the end instead of the beginning of this one. How does your team find whatever it is they need to find week after week after week when they're needed to get those fourth-quarter drives, to get those fourth-quarter touchdowns to win your football games? I think that's the sixth time this season that it's happened. I part, part,
0: most of it's belief. I mean, they, they believe that when they're in tight games, they've been there a bunch this year. That they're capable of making crucial plays when it matters, critical plays when it matters, and uh, it's it's something that we've faced a lot this year. Adversity, and all of our games have been tight, but two down the stretch, and um, you know, having faith in your teammates, having faith in plays that are called, um, you know, worrying about your job and nothing else, and just playing with that kind of uh, uh, that feeling at the end that. Let it all out, and uh, you know I think confidence just grows each time you do it. Uh, first and foremost, and now it's up to our sixth time doing it. So I think guys get used to performing when it matters the most.
1: Yeah, really seventh because you got the tying, and then you got the winner in overtime too. Uh, uh, twice you got touchdowns uh, to tie it, and then and then the winner in overtime. I mean. You've been down by one touchdown before, but this is, you know, a bigger challenge and and obviously a bigger commitment from everybody.
0: Yeah, I think the big thing I kept hearing on our sidelines, and, you know, I was saying it, other guys were saying it, we're down two scores. When it looked the most bleak at 29-13, and you look up there, you're like, really is, it's only two scores. It's two scores, two two two-point converts, and we're tied up, and let's go from there. And we get the first one, and we get the first two-point convert, and it's kind of like the— the light bulb goes off in everyone's head that, yep, this is happening. And our defense stands up again and gets us the ball back on offense. And our offense marches right back down the field. And, um, you know, it was it was magical. I mean, it was something. It's one of those games that you just don't forget. I mean, it's one of those. It doesn't happen all the time. Two, being down two scores, I mean, as many times as you say in the CFL, with three minutes to go, the game's never over. <laughs> with two scores and two <laughs> two-point converts, it's it's not always over, but it's close. And uh, for our team to do that, um, it's something you just don't forget. And it's something that's always going to be ingrained in you the rest of your life that, hey, remember that time when, and you'll have good feelings about the next time you're in, involved in something like that, you'll, you'll have a little bit more hope than the next guy.
1: The saying used to be, no lead is safe, but we all knew that most leads were safe. But in in strange occasions, it does indeed happen like it happened on Saturday night. Now, I know you've probably watched the game over several times, and I know you watch it kind of disjointed, not from start to finish, but do you, when you when you watch the game over, I know you're working, I know you're taking notes, but do you get some entertainment out of it? Because it, uh, it was a highly entertaining game. Aside from the fact that it was a it was a close game and it was an important game for everybody, it was well, highly entertaining.
0: Yeah, the big thing is, I mean, when you're on the sidelines and you you live the moment, you don't ever forget those moments. So when a guy makes a play and you're rewatching it on film, you f- you still remember how you felt at the initially when it was mm-hmm. happening. You just have a greater appreciation for it when you sit there in air conditioning. You you know you've won already. You kind of look back and you're like, man, I can't believe that just <laughs> happened. Or look at that play. Look at all the things it took to make that play happen. That's what people felt. I wish people could come in and sit up through, watch it as a coach or as a, as a player, as you're getting graded, as you're talking through every single part of every play to know how much effort it takes to install a play to practice a play, to rep a play, to have everything go right, to understand a defense, to make all the correct movements in two seconds and then make a play work. Uh, There's so much great satisfaction out of it. And when you do that with all the pressure in the world on you, any of those two-point converts don't – don't you know come to fruition? You lose a ball game. So the last one to Ilstra. You know, right? 36 seconds left. I mean, that was tough coverage. It was, I mean, a great throw, great protection. You know, if their defense does anything different, if that player plays it just a little bit different, I mean, so to watch the throw, the catch, the route, the protection, to know that we practiced that play during the week, to know that we talked about doing that in that situation two days prior. I mean, that's what's cool about it, and that's when I watch it separately. Those are all the things I think about, and uh, um, I get great satisfaction out of it.
1: And when you're doing it live and watching it, you're also thinking ahead because if he doesn't catch it, you're you're planning the short kick and you which side to go and what to do and everything. And there's so there's so many moving parts in a final minute of a game like that.
0: Yeah, you try not to think negatively. So Corey's got to Corey and Dave got to think of that part of it because they got to be thinking ahead. Then you know. Carson and I are, in, and the offensive coaches are thinking more positively that we're going to make it happen. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where everyone's got to be prepared to, to for the moment. Um, it's hard for me to think negatively on the sidelines, particularly when we got yeah. the team we do. So
1: I thought it was kind of cool. You know, Brandon Zilcher's had such a great run uh, over the last two months. Uh, Darius Bowman and Darrell Walker both have 100-yard games, uh, but it's Corey Watson who gets the game-winning touchdown, a guy who's just been slugging it out for you, doing the dirty work all season long, and uh, it's not the guy anyone would have called. Anyone would have expected to score the game-winning touchdown in overtime, but he's the guy who got it.
0: No, and what's crazy is, I mean, we we had uh two two of our fullbacks go down in the game dupuy and pascal go down and calvin's got to go in there and play a little different role and so does uh Corey because we you know Cor- calvin's in as a tailback at the end of the game once again and so you know, Corey's. We don't. We don't rep every. We don't get to rep every single play with every personnel group and we could potentially run it with. So, at the end of the the game and into the overtime, Corey's having to run stuff that we didn't rep all week. We repped it for more Calvin running it, those routes, mm. and for him to step up and he made a couple catches there at the end. That he's probably not in the game if everybody's healthy. And he's so unselfish. Corey's one of the most unselfish football players we have on our football team, watching him play special teams, watching him take any role, do whatever you ask, block, catch, run, he'll do it all. And to see a, have a moment that big in a game and him to come up with two big catches at the end and a big touchdown at the end to seal it for us uh, was huge. That'll be something I show tomorrow to our team. I, I showed some clips today didn't get to the offensive clips that I wanted to show. So tomorrow we'll we'll go through our offensive clips to show the whole team what kind of what it takes and we'll end with Corey's touchdown because it's a big deal.
1: Uh, you lost your two fullbacks. Uh, you lost your running back. So as you said, Kelvin's in as the tailback. Now, how much does that take out of your playbook when you don't have those extra guys that are able to come in and, and do the protection? You say Corey did some of it, obviously. But, I mean, that must really
0: change the offense a lot, does it not? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I don't think the the casual fan understands that you know you have 12 guys on any one play, and you have personnel groupings based on body type, based on what you want to do those plays out of. When you lose two fullbacks, and basically your third fullback has to play tailback because you lose your tailback, it takes you out of absolutely out of plays. You have to mark plays off your your call sheet, and they could be really good plays, but you just don't have the personnel groupings to run them anymore. So. You know, the good thing for us is we can rely heavily on our four wide receivers or five wide receivers, and Calvin has become so accustomed to just taking over his tailback. I mean, he's been our unsung hero on our team. He's He plays special teams. He plays every role we ask him on offense, and he does it flawlessly. I mean, he's such a tremendous pro, and each time he gets in there, you know, no one hesitates. It's not because of him that we're changing plays. It's just certain uh, – personnel groupings take you out of play actions per se and some other stuff but we don't hesitate to run the ball with calvin or do anything with calvin because calvin is basically a hybrid anyways
1: Mm -hmm. uh darius bowman's night how important was that we talked about it i know on the post game show but uh, nine catches 136 yards it was the game everybody was not just waiting for but hoping for for a darius bowman
0: yeah i think that's when when you've Uh, watched Adarius play, and you become a fan of Adarius. You feel for a guy that isn't quite. Everyone's questioning and wondering where he went, and we we see a different perspective. We see different things happen. I mean, if he catches two balls, doesn't catch any balls. There's a reason that happens. It's not all because of him. So I feel for a guy that's done it so well and at such a high level, and. doesn't have quite the year he fully expected not a lot of guys on our team had the years they were expecting based on injury and things Um, so for him to i know having those questions asked uh, and people wondering and then to have him go out and play that way and kind of silence people uh, to show what he's still capable of, even though all of us knew it already, but for him to go out on a big stage and do it, I, I was extremely happy for him. I, you know, you can't help to be fans of players as well that you coach, and I'm a huge fan of Adarius. I just love the way he works. I love the way he is in general. Um, so I, I get great satisfaction out of the fact that he does well.
1: You went to him early and often. You went to him on the first play of the game. Was that by design?
0: Well, we design every play, you know, with certain things in mind. And, um, you know, they were. we felt they were susceptible to that type of play, and he was the play we had designed. So when you're coming up with the way you want to have your first 20 first downs work, you know, that was something we wanted to do, and it just happened to be his number. Now, again, uh, I mean, whether we – choose to get the Darius more touches early just to make sure he's going you know that's always a thought you know you do that with every player you always make sure your top guys are getting touches early um, so whether that was uh, supposed to happen that way or not it was just the right call at the right time with the right guy in it, in there.
1: And it sure worked. Uh, Nine catches, 136 yards, uh, touchdown, a two-point convert. Everything went well for Darius Bowman, and everybody was uh, pretty happy to see that happen. It is uh, 7.47. We'll take a break. We're back with more with Jason Moss on the Eskimos Coaches Show on 630 Chet. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price. Now, Marley Scott on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. Calgary Stampeders Saturday night on the Rickfield at uh, Commonwealth Stadium. 330 for uh, the countdown to kickoff. 5 o'clock for the kickoff. Uh, the Eskimos uh, will look for their fourth straight win in uh, this football game. Don't forget at 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous Night as well. So bring a new uh, unwrap toy or bring some cash and donate it on your way into the stadium as well. I know some of the Eskimo players today were out and about doing some stuff with Chris Sheets in the in the Sheets uh, school bus and uh, they were uh, they were over at Santa's Anonymous and doing some great work over there. So don't forget, bring a toy, bring some money for 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous coming up on Friday. By the way, we'll also have the last half hour of the show it looks like uh, Facebook Live again this time around uh, like we did a couple of weeks ago in the game. Uh, tenth win of the year, Jason. Uh, yeah, we equal last year's total is there any satisfaction in that for you especially considering everything that's gone on around the team this year injury wise especially do you feel you've had more adversity this year than last year
0: there's no question we've had more adversity this year um i'm very proud of i mean when you have a winning record in this league and you make the playoffs that's a good year and i don't care what anybody says I, I, i think that your full first goal every year is to make the playoffs um you know you'd like to have a winning record that means you've won obviously more successful than not on all the games you've played um and proud for the players because at the end of the day you know they're the ones that do it go out and have to make the plays and i just like being competitive more than anything and i feel like you know the year and a half i've been coaching here almost two years coaching here i feel like a lot of games you could say we're very competitive in every one of them, whether we won or lost them. They've been competitive games. Our guys compete every night. They play hard. Um, you know that's what I look for. Um, obviously, I'm not. No one's satisfied with 10 and 8. Don't get me wrong. Or 10 and uh, six. six uh, 10 and 8 last year. I'm, we're not satisfied with that. But I mean, I, for someone to tell me that's not a good season, that's a good season. I mean, that's something to be proud of. Obviously, the ultimate goal is to win a Grey Cup, but you got to start somewhere in your season. And um, the fact that we faced as much adversity as we had as an organization uh, this entire year, for our guys to come through and be playing this well at the end, having come away- through all that that we've been through, I mean, it speaks volumes. And so I'm proud of where we are right now based on what we've done. Not satisfied. Obviously, I'd like to win every game, but ultimately, being competitive in every game is is really what I'm looking for—a fight every game.
1: Are you concerned about your special teams?
0: No, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> you got everyone can look at everything. I mean, no one does. Everyone with a fine tooth comb see every play that's made and see the the with the injuries what they've done to our special teams mm-hmm. and how we have to line up every single week. You know, we play against good. Teams. We play against good, um, you know, returners. We, we do all those things. And, you know, this last week we were we were mismatched in certain areas just based on how our roster laid out. I mean, we were playing guys in different spots and having to do different things. Mm-hmm. And some of it were first-time guys having to play on those things. So the what people don't understand, when you have a lot of injuries, your offense and your defense can sometimes get through a lot of it. Um, and they usually get more continuity than your special teams does. The amount of injuries we face this year, it has devastated our special teams. There's been games where we've had 10 different changes on special teams, and they've been guys that haven't played at all and played those positions have to step up and play. And so... You know, I think our coaches have done a tremendous job getting our guys ready every single week. We don't have a full-time returner on our roster every game like every other team, it seems, does. And that's because the injuries at different spots that we've had have had a curtail. You know, we've had different kickers. We've had different punters. We've had all these things. And so, you know, it's not an easy job. And yet, I think we lead the league in uh, kickoff return average. I think we lead the league in uh, kickoff coverage. And last game was an aberration. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way the way it went. So, um, you know, do I want us to play better? Absolutely. I want our offense and defense to play better. I want our team to play better. Um, But ultimately, I understand what's happened this year and who it affects and how it affects things. And I love the fight on our team. I love our special teams. How well they fight. You know, we will get better on special teams in the next couple weeks. I'll assure you that. I believe that wholeheartedly because we're going to start getting guys back who are special teams players who their jobs are to be playing on those, and our backups will be better. Our returner hopefully comes on. You know, once we start rolling like that, you know, White will be coming back as well. I mean, there's going to be some – you know, good things happening for our football club and it'll directly impact how our special teams plays.
1: So Sean White's close then? He'll be close, that, yeah. That's so, great. I, I know everyone, a lot of people don't notice the guys in the middle on special teams who do all the running and all the hitting. The, the two sexy guys on special teams are the kicker and the returner. Not many teams have had, I think you've had five primary returners this year and four kickers. So I guess that uh, tells I mean, the story a little bit, exactly. doesn't it?
0: Exactly. Tell me, I mean, if you have one doing the job like we did last year for the most part with White, with Sean kicking all year. I mean, he's a 93% kicker, so you'd like to think if he was healthy all year here, we'd be 93% right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I didn't see him getting any worse in camp, and I think he was 13 or 14 yeah. before he went out. Yep. So, um, you know, that's just – it is what it is. And when, like I said, when you have a returner who's not an everyday returner on your roster, and you have Brandon Zilster who's not a returner. He just goes back there and does his, the best he can yep. do. You know, Chris actually has done very good as a kickoff guy. Um, but you don't have that – guy that's that's his job that that's he's on the roster to return um, you know when we get that guy coming on the roster the next couple of weeks you know I like our chances you know making it appear like our yeah. special teams is playing better when I'm satisfied with where we are I'm not I mean, I'd like us to play better, but ultimately, I think our guys are getting the job done.
1: Uh, we're running out of time, but uh, in 30 seconds or less, tell me what you've got to do and how you've got to play to beat Calgary. Is it possible to say that in 30 seconds?
0: Well, I, 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 it goes back to discipline with them. I mean, you've got to not hurt yourself, and you've got to make plays. I mean, they're usually at the top of the bill, and right now they're top in turnover ratio, and they're always in the top three or four in penalties every year. So that's first and foremost. You've got to be disciplined. Ultimately, though, you've got to be physical with them and make plays. Mm-hmm. And if we can do that, I like our chances.
1: Jason, thanks for this. Appreciate it. Uh, We'll see you at the uh, park tomorrow. Appreciate it. All right, that's Eskimos head coach, uh, Jason Moss. This has been the uh, Coach's Show for Mitchner Allen Auctioneering. Uh, Don't forget the Eskimos and Stampeders on Saturday, 5 o'clock kickoff, 3.30 for the countdown to kickoff. And please bring something for 6.30, Ched Santa's Anonymous, a new unwrapped toy, or uh, some cash. Uh, We thank you in advance for that. That's the Coach's Show for tonight. My name's Morley Scott. Have a great night, everybody.